Bad Booty, the Fight Seriously podcast. Colorectal cancer patients are often faced with circumstances related to their disease that aren't openly discussed. In Tabuti, the Fight CRC podcast, we delve into those topics that are sometimes considered controversial, trending, or just plain interesting. Listen in as we talk to experts, patients, and caregivers who provide accurate, real, and practical information for cancer survivors. It's time for us to bring these issues to light. Listen in from anywhere, from your car to the chemo chair. To suggest a podcast topic, email answers at fightcrc.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tabooty podcast, uh, Fight Colorectal's podcast talking about all things taboo and trending and interesting. And my name is Sharon, and I'm part of the Fight Colorectal Cancer team. And today I'm joined by Jean McCaw, and she is part of an organization called Life with Cancer. She is a licensed and board certified art therapist who has been in the field for more than 25 years, um, working with children, adolescents, and adults, and helping them learn about art therapy. So thank you for joining us, Jean. Oh, I'm very happy to be here, thank you. I know a lot of people have likely heard about art therapy, maybe have participated in art therapy, but it's not something that we hear about often or that we see in a lot of our cancer treatment centers. So would you mind giving us a little bit of a background about what art therapy is and just, I guess, a basic description? Yeah, I'd be happy to, because I think there are confusions about what art therapy is and how it can be useful. Um, <clears throat> but art therapy is a therapeutic modality. Um, it is provided by master's trained uh, therapists who have uh, learned how utilizing art as a means of expression can be really helpful for people because sometimes words aren't enough or we don't have the words for how we're actually feeling. And so when we can use the creative process, we're really tapping into the right side of our brain, which is symbolic memory and symbolic uh, symbolism and uh, emotion. And so oftentimes when you start creating, um, what needs to be expressed just gets expressed without a lot of effort. And so it can feel good. That process can just feel very good. But it can also provide access to things that our words might not even get to because it's more of our emotional part of our brain. Um, the other important thing about art therapy is that it really is in and of itself a mindful experience. And so when you are creating, you really are in the moment. And as a result of that, not only does it feel good to create but it really is having a physical response on your body. So your nervous system is relaxing. And oftentimes, even if you're expressing feelings that are challenging, like sadness or anger or frustration or <clears throat> guilt or shame or whatever it is, getting it out and being able to express it um, can just make you feel better, help you feel better. So even when you're expressing really challenging things, that process can be a way of release and relief and a process of letting go. And then it can also provide an opportunity to talk about the image or talk about the experience of creating. Um, and that can sometimes enhance the process. But I think one of the other important things about art therapy is it doesn't require talking. That, um, And that's one of the ways I think it's really useful with children, but also with adults who don't really want to talk about what they've created 
but the image can be very powerful. And the process really is what's most important. So as we look at someone, how someone's creating a piece, um, where they are in that, where they were as the session began and how they are toward the end of the session and has there been a shift in demeanor, a shift in affect, um, mm -hmm. all those things factor in and can be a really positive aspect of um, using art therapy as a therapeutic modality. Wow, um, I have so many, so many follow-up questions, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, first of all, I know for some people going to seek mental health therapy is, is kind of a struggle and it sounds like this might be a, a good alternative or a good entry into that because it's an expression of emotion through, through art, so which I think is fascinating. Yeah, I, I think that's true. Um, there often is talking in a session, but it doesn't, it isn't all talking. And sometimes there are moments where it gets very quiet as someone's creating, and that can be a really lovely time where the therapist is just there with that person witnessing their experience and witnessing their expressions and supporting them in that, but not necessarily having to verbalize. Um, but, and everyone is different. So some people like to talk throughout the process and some people really appreciate the quiet. So it really, um, you know, the session really is up to the person who's participating, not the therapist so much. It's their time. And so they get to decide how they want to use that session once they understand how art therapy works. And that can be really helpful too. So Jane, do you find that for people to participate in art therapy, they need to have an artistic eye or have an interest in art, or does it apply to people that maybe have never been interested in those things at all? Yeah, it doesn't require any of those things. As a matter of fact, I, I do art therapy groups with adults, and I have people come to group who say, I, I don't really even know how to use art materials, and I welcome that so much because it the sessions really can be about self-exploration, and part of that really is exploring the materials, especially if you've never used them before. As long as you come with a willingness to just be open to the process, to trying, um, and try to not judge what you're doing, um, I find uh, I usually ask people to leave their inner critic outside the room so that they can, they can approach it with a little more openness and less judgment because the goal isn't to make a beautiful piece of art. The goal really is to express yourself and some of our expressions and our feelings are not going to be beautiful. And that's really important. And so, um, but I think so many people have had, you know, art in school and some art teachers that were very focused on technique and things looking right, that their experiences weren't always positive. So they, um, approach this process from a very judgmental place. And so that's part of the work is how can you be more compassionate with yourself as you're doing this process and also uh, forgiving in terms of and really just allowing the process to take over. Because when people can do that, I think they often find that what I was describing earlier, that it just feels good and it can be really helpful to have somebody there then also supporting you and helping you um, maybe process what you've created if that's important to you. Does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yes, definitely. You know, art therapy, and I think you kind of touched on this earlier, people have preconceived notions about what it is and might think that art therapy, you know, doesn't really have any research backing it up or maybe it, it doesn't work or 
people might have these kind of preconceived notions about it. What have you seen in the research as it relates to art therapy and um, benefiting benefiting people? And maybe maybe there's research out there on cancer patients and survivors. Maybe there's not. But what have you seen out there in the literature? Well, there are some wonderful books written, actually. Um, and Barbara Ganim and Susan Fox did uh, wrote a book on visual journaling, and also and Barbara did a, a book on uh, group work that she did with cancer patients. And so it's um, they're beautifully written. And Kathy Melchiati has also written quite a bit about um, art therapy and its efficacy, but also it, with cancer patients. But I think it doesn't matter really what you're dealing with, whether it's a mental health issue or a physical issue, because obviously there's an emotional impact no matter what you're dealing with. Um, but there is a lot of research out there that really um, denotes kind of what I was saying in terms of the impact it can have to be able to use another modality other than words to express what's going on and what you're feeling and how that can you know, the piece of art becomes a container for whatever emotions or experiences are put into that container. And in a way, what it does is it distances itself from the person in a way. So it can make it easier to talk about the art piece uh, or the story about the drawing or the painting and a lot of work through metaphor. And so mm -hmm. in that way, a lot of times you're telling a story about something that you've created, so it's a part of you, but it doesn't have to always be a direct correlation to what you're going through in that moment. And so sometimes that can make that process a little bit easier. And so I think there is research done um, about that process and how important the art therapy process can be in any setting. Mm -hmm. um, and I have a lot of experience working with adult cancer patients as well as children and their family members and so i see it on a regular basis and have met many anecdotal comments about how uh what the impact is on them yeah so i mean i think you brought up a good point there that it's not necessarily only cancer patients and survivors but caregivers and family members as well um, children of cancer patients might see some benefit um, from art therapy also oh absolutely we do a lot of work here with children who have a family member in treatment and teens as well, um, and kids who are in treatment, teens who are in treatment, and a lot of work with siblings who have mm -hmm. a, a brother or sister in treatment because that's a really, really tough road for the siblings oftentimes. Um, and then uh, kids who have a family member in treatment, an adult family member, because it's really hard. You know, there's so many changes mm -hmm. and so many adjustments, and it can be a long-term situation. So the art really does provide them a means of expressing a lot of feelings that children are not going to really get to very well or not yeah. in the same way because they're not always so cognizant of what they're actually feeling or how they're impacted by what's happening. Right. So Jane, you are affiliated with Life With Cancer. Patients that are being seen um, at, I believe it's Inova Health, Right. Yeah, uh, Life with Cancer is part of the Anova Foundation. Okay. But we are only supported 20% by Anova, so we are 80% self-funded. And oh, wow. what that what that means is that we can provide our services for free, and we can also provide service to anybody, um, no matter where they've received treatment. Um, so they don't have to be Anova patients or have their family members through Anova. So that it gives us the ability to just have a much greater outreach in the community. That is fantastic and kind of leads yeah. into my next question about how someone would go about finding an art therapy group or an art therapy 
um, a, a therapist that they can work with? What kind of recommendations would you give to someone that is trying to find find this? Well, um, I don't know that I have a, a, a definitive answer there because I think it depends where you live. In certain metropolitan areas, I think it's probably much easier to find an art therapist, especially where they do training. You know, like in my area, I live outside of Washington, D.C. or work outside of Washington, D.C. And so GW has a program here, a pretty rigorous program. So there's a lot of art therapy in the area. So it's e much easier to find that support. Um, but I think, you know, the American Art Therapy Association has a website. And so that can be a way to connect with different parts of the country and see um, if art, where art therapists might be located. And um, I find Google can be really helpful, too, in terms of you can Google art therapy yeah. and look for, you know, art therapy in my area kind of thing. Um, and what kind see. of credentials should someone look for? Like you mentioned being master's trained. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes, because okay. there, there are undergraduate programs in art therapy, but they are not allowed to practice. Um, gotcha. with a bachelor's degree. So the person definitely needs to have a master's degree and then they should have the letters ATR-BC, which basically means they're registered art therapist and they're board certified. Okay. Um, and then of course, so those would be the, the credentials to be a practicing art therapist. Now a lot of the um, states do not uh, allow art therapists to become licensed. So some art therapists have a, a different degree. A lot of the uh, programs now, they're graduating with the ability to get their LPC. So you may see art therapists that also have LPC in front of their name. Um, in Maryland, there is uh, art therapy licensure. So that's an LCPAT, mm -hmm. and there are different versions of that. Um, so you can find licensed art therapists. It just depends on where you are. So Oregon okay. and Maryland and New York and a few other states um, do grant licensure to art therapists and then um, the others do not. So what that means basically is that if they don't have an LPC or an art therapy license, um, you would not be able to use insurance to pay for it. You would just pay out of pocket. It doesn't mean they're okay. not qualified. It, it definitely doesn't mean they're not qualified. It just means that it really has to do with insurance more than anything else. Okay, yeah, that's really good to know. So for yeah. some people, depending on your state, there's a possibility that insurance will cover the costs associated. Yes, in the okay. few states that are covered. And and more states are, are being granted the ability for licensure. It's just a very, very slow process. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, um, this is super interesting. And I, I just want to know, June, is there anything else that you think um, people would want to know about art therapy? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> I think the, the only thing I would like to add to what I've said already is that it can be, it can look very different than what it actually is. I think a lot of people look at art therapy as arts and crafts. And although arts and crafts has its place, especially in a medical setting where that might be used for distraction, and it is a creative process to a point, Art therapy goes a bit deeper, and it really is an opportunity to explore yourself, um, aspects of self, and also uh, how you cope. Um, and we try to incorporate mindfulness, uh, compassion, all of those really important elements in terms of um, how we look at ourselves and how we understand ourselves <clears throat> and explore ourselves. 
And so I think that's the difference that on the surface, it can just look like somebody's just drawing a picture of working with clay and it may not have that much meaning, um, but it does. It has a lot more meaning than we, we think. And so that would be my, I guess, my parting words that there is a lot more there than it appears on the on the surface. Well, thank you so much, Jean, for joining us today and for sharing a little bit about art therapy. Um, we really appreciate your time. Oh, well, thank you so much. I appreciate being asked to, to be here today. Thanks for tuning in. Please remember that this information is for educational purposes only and all medical questions should be directed to your healthcare team. For more resources, visit us on the web at fightcolorectalcancer.org.